You know, when Taylor first approached me about teaching a message for Mother's Day, I almost immediately knew that I wanted to talk about strength of character because for me, that's one of my all-time favorite topics. We live in a society, wouldn't you agree, that's really lacking in that area. So many Christians like lack strength of character as well. It's not something that comes naturally. It's something that you must develop. So what exactly is strength of character? Remember, I'm a teacher, so we're going to learn some things today. Class is now in session. Character. Let's see, we have a definition back here. It's defined as mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Strength is the capacity of an object or substance to withstand great force or pressure. So strength of character is the ability to main, tr remain true blue, right, under pressure. There's a viral social media challenge going on where people are trying to crush an unboiled egg. Have you seen that? In the crook of their elbow, it's like they try to crush it with their biceps and their forearm. Anyone seen that? Anyone Anyone tried it? I was totally tempted to bring an egg um, to have one of the guys try it. Maybe because they say the stronger you are, the more difficult it is. But they did say there have been a few people that have been able to do it. And the, the, the eggshells have cut arms or it's made a mess. So I just left without that. But I follow a kid scientist and she laid out the challenge. Apparently, it's extremely difficult. I mean, eggshells are fragile, right? But their shape, a 3D arch, is actually one of the strongest architectural forms around. And when you put equal pressure on that egg from your bicep and forearm, the weight is evenly distributed, and it makes it extremely tough to crack. Apparently more so, like we said, the stronger you are. But God is a masterful designer, right? Something we consider fragile, like an eggshell, is actually really strong when applied with equal frap, with equal pressure. And it needs to be, because when a hen lays an egg, it needs to not crush. It's stronger than you think. That's like you. God has made you stronger than you think. You just need to capitalize on it. So if you're a mom, you experience pressure daily. Anyone? Right? In fact, if you're a living, breathing human being, you experience pressure on a daily basis. Your kids may argue constantly, and you feel like you're going to blow a gasket if they come to you one more time. Anyone? Your coworker may be extremely abrasive, and you just want to tell them off. Or you might get cut off on I-35. Oh, yeah. You might receive an ominous diagnosis or experience the loss of a loved one. You know, the key is how you respond to that pressure. That's what defines you. That's what defines your character. As Christians, we're not immune to pressure or pain, and we're also not exempt from it. You know, the older I get and the more time I get to know people, the more I see that pain and heartache is everywhere. Guys, everyone's hurting somehow. You, me, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, our families. But here's the great thing. We know that God is the key to our strength. So it's time that we start living like it. So not only should we be strong for our benefit, but also for the benefit of others. Easier said than done, right? But it's simpler than you'd think. So what does strength of character look like? Let's check out today's key scripture. We're going to bring this up all throughout the service. Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. It says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. 
It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Jeremiah is showing us a tree that's in an environment that should make growth impossible. It's hot, but the tree stays green. It's dry, but the tree still bears fruit. How? How do we bear fruit in an environment that's harsh? In other words, when life turns up, turns up the heat, how do I keep from withering? I brought with me some visuals to help those of you that are visual learners. Okay, I'm a first grade teacher. I'm all about visuals. I have a young oak tree right here. It's very young. And I have some orchids. All right, so let's talk about oak trees. An oak tree totally exemplifies the picture of strength, practicality, and stability. I found some interesting facts about oak trees for you science nerds out there. Okay, did any of you like learning new things, science-y, other than even just scripture stuff? Okay, I hope you do, because they live up to a thousand years. I did not know that. They can grow to gargantuan sizes. They can reach 70 feet in height, 135 feet in length, and can be nine feet wide. Ooh. Oak trees have played a crucial role in human history. Early humans built their homes, created tools, constructed strong ships from oaks. They're still one of the most crucial sources of raw materials in our modern time. Elegant furniture, flooring materials, cosmetic creams, and instruments are among the many products constructed from oak trees. They also feed wildlife. Numerous animals subsist on their acorns and leaves, and they live in their branches and um, also in its trunks. The ink tree, I kind of thought this was cool, from oak trees is called gall ink. Gall ink was used to create some of the most important documents in history, like the Magna Carta, Mozart's music, and Newton's theories. It also has many med medicinal uses. The leaves, acorn, and bark of an oak tree have been used to heal inflammation, kidney stones, and diarrhea. Yeah, I went there. I'm a mom, okay? If you like truffles, thank the oaks. Did you know that truffle farmers actually don't plant truffles, they plant oak trees, hoping that they will um, attach to the roots and grow on the roots of an oak tree. It creates favorable conditions for them. I think that's pretty amazing. So in other words, they're strong, we know they're useful, but they make an impact. So that brings me to five affirmations we can glean from the oak tree that will help you become a person with strength of character. Number one, all right, get those notes ready. I help others succeed. I help others succeed. Part of an affirmation is you got to say it. Can you say it with me? I help others succeed. One more time. I help others succeed. It's a strong person that can lift others. You know, in Exodus 17, there's a story of Moses and the Israelites. They were in a battle with the Amalekites. Moses stood, I think this is amazing, he stood at the top of a hill and he held the staff of God in his arms. And whenever he was holding the staff up, the Israelites were winning the battle. Have you heard this story? Okay, and when his arms were down, the Amalekites were winning. It was solely based on if he could hold up that staff. Well, the day is going on, he gets tired and his brother Aaron and her help them. They put a rock behind him that he can rest on it. He still got tired. And so Aaron and her lifted his arms, held them up, and because of that, the Israelites, Joshua's leading the army, they won the battle. They overcame that Amalekite army with the Lord's help. One, that's pretty amazing. Can you imagine a battle's outcome simply by the ability to hold up a staff in your arm? 
Who would last very long? I mean, that's difficult. Um, you know, it wasn't a quick battle. It's not easy to help someone hold up their arms who'd been holding them up for most of the day. That would be fatiguing for Aaron and her. But that success only happened because those two men helped Moses, right? His success was their success. Think about someone in your life who's either spoken a word of encouragement, done a kind deed for you, prayed for you when you needed it. Sometimes that might have been the one thing that got you through a difficult situation. If you would only take the focus off yourself, you'd realize there's so much more to life. You know, our kids love the Pixar movies, Cars. Any kids, grandkids like those two? And we have Lightning McQueen and his uh, trainer, Cruz. Cars 3 is my favorite of all three of them. I mean, I watch them too. I'm a mom. And I love that the entire series, it follows Lightning McQueen. He's kind of this cocky, new rookie race car. And he just thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. And he is, he falls in love with a small town. And he eventually, you know, has this long career till Cars 3. And he's getting overtaken by this new breed of race cars. They're faster, they have better technology, and he has this really terrible crash. And he's, his sponsorship is picked up by a new corporate CEO. And he wants Lightning McQueen to be less of a race car and more of a promoter, an advertiser. And he's fighting tooth and nail throughout the entire movie. He just does not like his trainer, Cruz. He thinks she's annoying and he's like, you're slowing me down. And it's not until the very end of the movie he discovers that he should step aside and let Cruz fulfill her destiny or her calling and race in the race instead of him. It sounds dumb, but I honestly get emotional every time I see it. Because guys, your life will be a success when you help others. It's not all about you. And unless you're a hermit, chances are you have a slew of people around you in your everyday lives. It could be a coworker, a neighbor, a family member, a barista, someone who helps you at a store like Loft or Target or Hobby Lobby. Not saying I'm there all the time, but you know. Um, how can you make their day better? How can you compliment them? Can you ask them if they need prayer about anything? Lynette's really good about doing that. Can you shoot them a text to let them know you're thinking about them or you're praying for them? So does it take up extra time? Yes. Will it sometimes cost you something, like time or money? Yes, but it's worth it. Have you ever heard it said, we rise by lifting others? It's the truth. If you're having a down and out, depressed kind of day, try making it brighter for someone else. Just watch. Your attitude will improve. It does as much for you as it does for them. I challenge you to do something helpful for a person around you this week. Okay, our next scripture, Proverbs 11:25, one of my favorites. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You will discover that you find joy as you bring joy to others. It's just the truth, and you will be blessed for it. Because guess what? It's not all about you. The oak tree is useful. It's helpful. It lends its many benefits to others. We should do the same. Um, now, before I move on, one, I just want to kind of side note that there is a little asterisk on your notes, and that's just something for you to think about and kind of brainstorm, or if something comes to you, how, who can I help this week? What's my game plan? To kind of be thinking, how can I apply this this week? So, brings us to our next point. Number two, I choose my attitude. You can write that down. 
I choose my attitude. Can you say it with me? I choose my attitude. One more time. I choose my attitude. One of my favorite quotes is by Pastor Chuck Swindoll. I grew up in Southern California, and he's a Southern California pastor. Um, they're going to show it up here on the screen here in just a moment. Make sure you got I choose my attitude. So it's a long one. You can kind of skim over. I was going to read it, but you know, it's a lot of words. So basically, it is all about you could have all these things going for you or not that truly life is all about the fact that I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. Because it says that your attitude is more important than education, money, circumstances, failures, successes. It's all in the attitude. So let's get back to the oak tree. Their seeds are cased in hard shells called acorns, which are actually a fruit. Their acorns and their leaves are coated with tannic acid, which prevents fungi and insects that could possibly harm them. Other plants or trees around them could be dying with disease, but oaks remain true. In our own lives, we must choose to have an attitude of gratitude. I love this, um, this little picture here. I've had this on my phone for years and years and years. It is, this is a little gratitude tally, just to kind of represent truly all the things that we have to be thankful for. That's like the coating on the oak tree, on their acorns and their leaves. That is what will keep you from giving up, from withering in times of drought. It's remaining thankful. I must admit, I've struggled with this a little bit in the past few years. Taylor sometimes has to remind me to get a grip and stop thinking about the negative or what could go wrong. Can anyone relate? Yes. Philippians 4.8 says, finally, it's in your notes too, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. Think about the good. Don't dwell on the bad. Speaking of watering, I have a couple or orchids up here. Can you guess which one's mine? This is my orchid. And I don't know why I've kept it for so long because it's like, it's not really thriving right now. Because, um, you know, I love plants. Orchids are my favorite flower. And I love them. I think the time I was a kid, the other day, Taylor was like, why do you like orchids? I'm like, I don't know. I just like them. I think they're beautiful and exotic. And I can't keep them alive for anything, but they're beautiful. Uh, I looked up how to take care of an orchid. Anybody ever seen how to take care of an orchid? There's all these websites that say, oh, it's simple. Here's what they say. Don't place your orchid where it will experience cold drafts or exposure to direct sunlight or heating vents. Very dry air, chills, or heat are the enemy of your orchid. Provided your orchids are happy, really? Expect the blooms to last for a few weeks, maybe longer. Water your orchid with a spray bottle. Take care to avoid wetting the leaves. If they do get wet, gently wipe them dry with a tissue or cotton swab. Seriously. 
Okay, and then it says, here's, here's my favorite. In the summer, open the windows so that the natural airflow will circulate the air. In the winter or on summer, in summer on still days, use an oscillating fan to stir the air. Move the orchid occasionally so that one spot is not, not overblown. Guys, I don't take care of my kids that well. <laughs> Abigail and Matthew, it's like, just handle it. So, man, an orchid is a complicated plant. I don't want to be a complicated person. I don't want Taylor to have to coddle me or Abigail and Matthew to wonder what kind of mood I'm going to be in after I get them from school. You know, I don't want my coworkers to have to walk on eggshells around me. I don't want to be the needy friend that when my name pops up on someone's caller ID, they're like, please, no, not again. Is your attitude one that's pleasant and kind and approachable? Sure, everyone has a bad day, right? And I'm not saying you can't have emotions. I'm not saying you can't get frustrated or have to go through a process of mourning or whatever it may be. But I'm talking in your everyday lives, you should be uncomplicated with a positive attitude, one that others enjoy being around. Because I can choose my attitude. I can choose to have a good day. I can choose joy. I can choose to thrive like that tree in our scripture. Uh, let's see. Well, I have, I have a little story, and I think I'm going to tell you a little bit of it. You know, I'm pretty even keel, right? Those of you that know me, I'm pretty, like, good and chill and happy with Taylor. Well, last year, do you guys remember the hailstorm we had, right? Well, my car got beat to a pulp, and so I was without a car, and I had to borrow Taylor's brand-new Jeep and take it to school, what have you. Well, I was kind of nervous because the last time I borrowed his truck, I got rear-ended. So I was like, please, nothing happened to it. I was having a terrible day at school. Anyone ever had just a bad day? It's like that book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. It was a bad day. Like it's April in being a teacher, so I had 24 seven-year-olds, and they were just crazy. I had a girl that just lost her ever-loving mind, and she's tearing things up in my room, and we're doing mandated testing, and it was crazy. And when I have a bad day, I need to go out to the car and compose myself a minute. You know, pray and just kind of take deep breaths. Anybody do that? And I go out to the Jeep, and on the side, I can see there's, like, something on it. And I go closer, and I'm like, there's gum. I'm like, oh, it's going to be fun to clean up. So I'm already thinking I'm going to have to get the goo gone out when I get home. And then I go closer, and there's a scratch. It looked like someone had taken a key and scratched about the length of my forearm that gum like right off someone had keyed taylor's brand new jeep well what you don't know is before that in the middle of this bad day taylor texted me hey adrian is it okay if i buy us a sectional he'd been annoying me right forever he wanted a new sectional really bad and taylor has good taste so i'm like fine just buy one i don't care you ever get that way i'm like just get one yeah yeah that, that's fine well, um, I have to call him and let him know your Jeep has been scratched. And what I didn't know is that he was at Ashley Home Store with Lynette um, buying some furniture. And one thing to know about Taylor is that he's a stress buyer. So like on our wedding day, where's Taylor? Oh, he's buying a watch. The night before Matthew is about to be born, before he's induced, where's Taylor? At the Apple Store. When I get diagnosed with COVID, where's Taylor buying that brand new Jeep? So, just a few weeks before. And um, so when I called him, he took it really well. I'm like, wow, okay, that's fine. He's like, yeah, no big deal. Well, he's at Ashley. And uh, I got home and he's like super smug. 
And I'm like, okay. And he's like, guess what? I bought all new furniture for the living room. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I lost it, lost it. And we just went back and forth for like an hour. And I'm like, why did you think that's a good idea? Because he bought like a couch, a table, two chairs. Like he's going to get this fig tree. And Lynette the whole time kept saying to, to Taylor, like, are you sure she's going to be okay with this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just lost it. I'm like, who wants, like, why did you do that? And he, well, you know, and just going and... I would like if I could have stepped back I know that I was like watching myself being like you're being ridiculous but I was just on a rampage like how dare you so we're going after it and then he's like I mean one of his thing was like what lady wouldn't love her husband to do that he was just and I'm like this one I'm super picky you know that I want to shop for it and then he goes to take a shower and he comes back and he's like, I'm returning it, it's all going back. And then I'm like, why? Like, I'm getting used to the idea now, like it's fine. And oh man, guys, like I truly could have handled that better. The kids were watching with wide eyes and I had to apologize. And it was like, I could have had a better attitude. Truly it could have handled it a lot better. So long story short, I had to apologize and I didn't get all new furniture for my living room. So sometimes you can handle things better and it works out better for you. So choose a better attitude is what that is. So many people, but truly many people live like that. Nothing makes them happy. Nothing brings them joy. You have to walk on eggshells around them because you never know when their landmines might blow up. Don't be like that. Don't be or that complicated and fickle like the orchid. For those of you that have had an oak tree in your yard, have you ever had to water it? Have you ever had to wipe off the leaves? Have you ever had to put an oscillating fan after the rain? No. Our verse, again, Jeremiah 17, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, right? I love that. It says, you know, it's not fearing when the heat comes, its leaves are green, it has no worries. It can flourish in any situation. It can rain, it could be windy, it can be dry. The oak tree is still gonna be there because it's strong. So, we also know it's largely unaffected by other forces. It remains strong. So should we have a good attitude. But the oak tree has value. Think of all the ways it's used and its sheer size when grown to full maturity. You can remain confident in knowing you're here on this planet and in this town or wherever town you live, for that matter, for a purpose. Let's check out our next point. I believe I'm valuable even when I'm not vis visible. I believe that I'm valuable even when I'm not visible. Believe, valuable, visible. Can you say that with me? I believe that I'm valuable even when I'm not visible. One more time. I believe that I'm valuable even when I'm not visible. So take an oak tree. They're not flashy. They're sturdy. This one's not sturdy yet, but it will be right? They're useful. Orchids are flashy, but if I go to the store right now to buy an orchid, they're anywhere from 15-ish to 45-ish dollars, depending on if I buy them at Walmart or a florist. But, you know, they look expensive and lavish, but their value is not like that of an oak tree. Try to go purchase an oak tree for 15 bucks. Not happening. A young oak tree can cost anywhere from 75-ish to over three grand. They have value. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So what does handiwork mean? 
It's something someone has made or done. You are God's handiwork, and you are a shining creation. In other words, you're his masterpiece, and he has a specific plan and purpose that's tailor-made for you specifically in all seasons of your life. This is cool. Did you know that last month, a 400-year-old Dutch master painting that experts believe could be worth millions of dollars was discovered in a storeroom in, a, in Australia. The painting is called Still Life. So was it any less valuable hitting, hidden in that storeroom? That's a real question. Was it any less valuable? No. no, you're like that painting. You may feel unappreciated, undervalued, or overused, but God has big things in store for you too. Don't waste the time while you're hidden away. Pray, seek God, become the best at your craft. You might have a job that's beneath your abilities. You may be hoping to get a promotion and get passed by. You might not have a job at all. Don't neglect the season of those preparations. God is preparing you for the next season because how you end one season is how you begin the next one. Think about young David in the Bible. He spent years and years out in the fields watching sheep. I grew up on a dairy, so I know that livestock are stinky. It's not a glamorous job. But all the while, David was developing his gifts in the field. He was practicing the harp. He was becoming proficient at it. He was skilled at protecting his flock. He killed a wolf, right, and a bear before he uh, eventually killed Goliath. But he was anointed as the future king of Israel years before he was actually the king. He ran for years from the future king, I mean, from the current king of Israel, King Saul. David was a person of value, but God had big plans for him. He was hidden in the back pasture for years before God elevated him to the highest place of honor, king. The same is true for you. You are valuable. You are special. You were created by God for a specific purpose. So your confidence should come from that. So remember our scripture? It may be hot, it may be a season of drought, and yet its leaves don't wither and it still produces fruit. How? It's a choice. I trust God no matter what. Now put it up on the screens for us. Our next point. I trust God no matter what. I trust God no matter what. Can you guys say that with me? I trust God no matter what. One more time. I trust God no matter what. The key to the strength and success of the tree or person in that scripture in Jeremiah was that they trusted God. They trusted God and they were blessed because of it. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. Trusting God is not something you have to do daily. Sometimes it's minute by minute. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There's no situation that you walk through that God's not with you. In a doctor's office, at a big meeting, in a courtroom, during evaluation, at Walmart when the tension's high. I'm a mom, I know. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that awesome? God is upholding you. He's sustaining you. He's giving you supernatural strength and grace to accomplish what you need to do. So don't fear. Don't be downcast. Guys, I'm preaching to the choir here. It's been a tough year. Believe me. I know. 
Mine and Taylor's mantra since we were, I mean, like literally our first year of marriage has been, God's got this. And I can't tell you the amount of times that we've texted or said that to each other and even to other people, God's got this. Because self-talk is huge. I kid you not, sometimes I sit in my car, not in Taylor's Jeep, because we don't have it anymore. I say, Chapman's got, Chapman, God's got this. I call myself Chapman sometimes. It seems more like, come on, Chapman, God's got this. One of my favorite videos of Abigail is when she's two years old and she's on the playground at the park and she's going, Mommy, I'm doing great, I'm doing great. You might need to start telling yourself that. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Or God's got this. So how are your thoughts? Joyce Meyer said it well in her book, Battlefield of the Mind, when she said, when a person is going through a hard time, his mind wants to give up. Satan knows that he, if he can defeat us in our mind, he can defeat us in our experience. That's why it's so important that we not lose heart, grow weary and faint. You see the battle is won or lost in your mind. I'll say it again. How are your thoughts? Because thoughts lead to actions. Are your thoughts and actions those of faith? It's pretty easy to say you trust God, but it's another thing to act like you trust God. What kind of words are coming out of your mouth? Do you have a defeated or grumpy attitude? If there's one thing I've learned about having faith, it's this. And it's in your notes because I love this quote. The more you trust God, the more you learn that he can be trusted. The more you trust God, the more you learn that he can be trusted. Your mindset has to be that I trust God no matter what. It doesn't matter what others say. It doesn't matter how things look. It doesn't matter what other people think or do. I trust God no matter what. And that's why Taylor's It Takes Faith series was so important. It takes faith to have strength of character. A tree, like the oak tree, flourishes even when outside forces seem grim or stressful, right? Like in a season of drought, it still bears fruit. Even in the heat, its leaves are still green. Why? It has an insanely huge support system, roots. This verse here, Colossians 2, 6, and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to build your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in this faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See, it kind of rounds it all out. Think thankfulness too. That is how you withstand the storms of life, rooted in Christ. He is what anchors you. And that brings us to our last point. Number five, I am fortified for the fight. It's not a word you hear every day, right? I am fortified for the fight. You guys are a lot quieter than a bunch of first graders. <laughs> Can you say it with me? I am fortified for the fight. One more time. I am fortified for the fight. Okay, did everyone get that? I'm getting ready to change to a picture. Okay, when I think of fortified, I think of two things. First, I think about, about a fortified wall around a city. We don't have that really here, right? But it protects the city from aggressors. Or the second thing I think about is this because I did grow up on a dairy and of course I have to bring up fortified milk. That's milk that has vitamins added to it like vitamin A or D. It gives it added nutrition. You gotta remember that. 
There are times in your life that you've got to give yourself extra nutrients so you're ready for the fight. So just like the tree, we have our roots right here. They're going to show us a picture of roots, right? Because of the roots, it was planted by the water. It sent out its roots to the stream. Those roots are what fortify you. Did you know, teacher, right? Did you know that a tree's roots are always longer than a tree's branches? The widest branches are still not as long as the roots, which are generally two or three times longer, sometimes 10 times longer. That's cool. But that shows you the importance of roots, right? So I think so many times in my life, I'm concerned with my branches, my blooms, right? These little, I'm concerned with this and less concerned with my roots. I'm more concerned with what everybody else thinks and sees and less about my roots. You can fool some people, but your family and close friends know if you have rotten roots or not. Because when the storms come, you fall, you lose it. Remember those storms we've had? I mean, you see the trees with the rotten roots, but those strong trees are generally able to withstand. So if your roots are dug down deep, when a year of drought comes, you can still bear fruit. I have to fortify myself. I have to strengthen myself. No one can do it for me, just like no one can help me work out. Like, they can help me work out. No one can work out for me. I wish Kevin could work out for me. Like, do it for me. But you can't. you got to do it yourself. You have to develop your own relationship with God that will get you through those tough times. The great architect, Frank Lloyd Wright, was given a challenge of building the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. Has anyone ever heard of that? Okay. So Tokyo is one of the most earthquake-prone cities in the world. His investigation showed that a solid foundation could be floated on a 60-foot layer of soft mud underlying the hotel. It would provide a shock-absorbing but solid support for the immense building. Shortly after the hotel was completed, actually on the day it was scheduled to open, it withstood the worst earthquake in 52 years while lesser buildings fell in ruins around it. That's a perfect picture of what a firm foundation should look like. It's still standing today. Frank Lloyd Wright ensured they had a fortified foundation. That's what helped the building to withstand such a catastrophic event. So it's up to you. What kind of foundation are you building your life on? Only I can strengthen myself. Friends and spouses can help me, just like he can help me work out, but he can't do it for me. So are you spending time reading your Bible? Are you seeking God in prayer? Are you meditating on scripture? Are you spending time in worship? When those hard times come, you can have those Bible verses or those worship choruses come back to mind. Because guys, if you wanna have a strong foundation, your life must be built on Jesus Christ. He should be at the forefront of everything you do. So where do your priorities lie? Where you spend your time, energy, talent, and money determine your loyalty. Are you loyalty, loyal to this world or the things of it? Or are you fully committed to making God at the very top of your priorities list? I know in my own life, when my walk with God is not where it needs to be, I'll get emotional or testy. And I'll be crying to Taylor, whining about my problems. And he'll ask, how's your spiritual life? And every time my answer is not the greatest because when you're seeking God and pursuing a relationship with him, things go better. I may be facing those same difficulties, 
but I know he's with me, guiding me. Matthew 6, 33, this is our last verse, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That tells us pretty plainly that our number one priority should be to seek God and his ways. He will reward us for the sacrifice in ways we could never imagine. Nike's slogan truly is brilliant. What is it? Just do it. What is it? Just do it. Seriously, more Christians just need to do it. If your spiritual life isn't where it needs to be, start. Things will never get better if you don't begin. Just do it. So this isn't for the faint of heart. That's not, right? It's not easy to passionately seek after God. It's actually pretty tough sometimes. But obviously there's huge rewards for those who persevere. But it takes dedication. Just like this young oak tree. It has lots of years of growth ahead of it. But someday it will be that picture of strength. Just like us, right? So you'll never have that life you were meant to live. And you'll never have true strength of character until you completely surrender to God. In a world chock full of complicated and weak people, like these orchids, they're beautiful. They're complicated, but beautiful. I mean, in a storm, boo, right? Oh, yeah, gone, exactly. We want to be like that oak tree, our roots down deep, that we can withstand the storms of life and that we would thrive still in those situations. So in that world full of chock full of complicated and weak people like those orchids, be an oak tree. Be a person with strength of character. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.